joining us this week on the Rage for Justice Report from Consumer Watchdog. I'm your host, Jamie Court. Today we got a really special guest, Justin Klosko, who is the former reporter for the legal newspaper, The Daily Journal, has a new um, uh, a new uh, a blog and, and site called The Debaser. He's been following this story we're going to talk about for years, uh, been in on the ground floor of it. This is a story about the DWP billing scandal and the way that uh, city attorneys, people working for the city of L.A., basically betrayed uh, their jobs and their office and filed a sham lawsuit against the city uh, to basically get rid of a legitimate DWP consumer class action case so they can sue another company and make a lot more money on it, the people who made the software. And basically the company uh, who made the software, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers attorney, uncovered this huge scandal in defending the company. And what's resulted is something called the Special Master's Report, because this this case uh, resulted in, just to name a few events, subpoenas being issued at the DWP offices, the FBI showing up at the DWP office and the city attorney's office. Um, and there's a, a long trail of, uh, of, 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 of what happened. Uh, and a bunch of attorneys involved, uh, names you may or may not have heard, Paul Kiesel, um, uh, Paul Paradis. Uh, these are private attorneys hired by the city basically to sue itself and to do a fraud on the court and settle the case on the cheap. Uh, and, and, and more recently, we've now found that there are top officials within the city attorney's office, actually people working for the city attorney, paid by the city, who were in on it. A guy named James Clark, who was the chief deputy. Um, Tom Peters, who was uh, in charge of of uh, the civil division. And the real question in all of this is, how much did Mike Fuhrer, the city attorney of LA know? When did he know it? What did he know? He faced a deposition in this case where he said, I do not recall 62 times. But what happened this week that was really, or maybe uh, what happened like within the last week that was really significant was the court appointed a special master, a former uh, US attorney to look into all this. And he came up with a, a almost 600 page report that determined that all of these guys knew about the conspiracy. They were all in on it. The chief deputy, uh, Jim Clark, perjured himself when he changed his deposition testimony. One of those errata changes, according to the uh, special counsel, was uh, special master was, uh, the question was, did Mike Fury know about this? And initially, Jim Clark said, yes, I told him. I don't know men I told him, but I know I told him because I would tell him about something like this. And later, he took that out. So now Mike Fuhrer, uh is the only one really who, who the special counsel cannot say uh, was in on it. He, he, he said, I can't determine how much he knew and whether he was in on it because all the evidence about it was shredded. The notes by Jim Clark were shredded. Uh, so there is no evidence, but that doesn't mean he didn't do it. We just can't tell. So Justin's here to talk about all of this, but what now where this story turns is to what happens to these attorneys, including Mike Fuhrer, and what is the state bar going to do in, it in, in light of the scandalous uh, inability to regulate attorneys, including Tom Girardi, who's this master thief who got away with being regulated by the state bar because of his political connections. And you've covered that story, too. So, Justin, I'm going to just kick it open to you to see where do you think things stand for Mike Fuhrer with the state bar? Are they going to do something this time? And, and what do they need to learn in the wake of the Girardi scandal? Sure. Um, 
thanks for having me. Um, I mean, one thing's clear. I don't think this looks good for Mike Fuhrer. I mean, the special master found, what was it, nine or ten attorneys to, to have um, violated their ethics um, and have found to be dishonest and um, uh, colluding um, with regard to this litigation. And those attorneys uh, include, you know, higher-ups directly below Fear, Jim Clark and Thomas Peters. Um, so there's a lot of pressure now, especially um, with everything that's come out with Tom Girardi um, and kind of the inaction by the state bar, you know, why does the state bar exist? You know, what, what are investigators doing all day? And, um, you know, this report, you know, clearly, clearly spells out, you know, in, in, in black and white that um, a bunch of people in DWP and in Fear's office, um, you know, were not honest. They, they, they colluded with opposing counsel. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know how you don't, at least look into it or take action, but it's been two years and we haven't heard anything from the State Bar of California. Uh, and the idea is here that, um, you know, when this all came down, mm -hmm. the initial attorney who was hired as the front guy to sue the city, he took the fifth. Yeah. Other, a lot of attorneys started taking the fifth, which, which is something that tells you this criminal conduct. Then we had the FBI raids. Then we had... Um, Basically, interestingly, not reported on, but really interesting is we know that there's a grand jury convened because the special counsel's report, when it was delivered to the court, had a redacted version. Mm -hmm. That uh, and, and we asked why a redacted version? Because the unredacted version mentioned grand jury testimony. So we know there's a grand jury. So we have this hanging over Mike Fuhrer's head. We've got a grand jury hanging over his head. We've got the state bar... I have good faith evidence to believe that the state bar has already launched an investigation into Mike Fuhrer mm -hmm. and Paul uh, Paul Kiesel uh, and um, and Jim Clark. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with it, but I believe they've actually opened an investigation now, and that uh, that should entail putting Mike Fuhrer under oath and asking him, "Did you ask Jim Clark to change his testimony? When did you first become aware of the scheme, mm -hmm. and what did you do?" There's this case called the Santa Clara case yeah. that basically requires attorneys that oversee other Atlanta attorneys. Richfield. Yeah, it, it, the attorneys have to basically, um, uh, if you're in a, a public uh, prosecutor and you hire outside counsel, which are you know private attorneys, and they've got they're making money on this deal, um, you got to oversee him. He didn't oversee him. Yeah, that they're responsible for it. Yeah, that's basically what the opinion said. I mean, look, like. Yes, the uh, special master's report said that they found no direct evidence that Fuhrer knew or directed the strategy. But there's a whole body of circumstantial evidence that, you know, is worth looking into. Like, we do know in an email, according to Jim Clark, that Mike Fuhrer okayed the initial strategy to get Jones to sue PWC and get all the attorneys to drop their cases. Clark said Fuhrer approved that. That was an email to Paul Kiesel. So why wouldn't, you know, Mike Fuhrer, the head of the largest firm in the country, public law firm, know about what the plan was next, you know? And we had another guy who was the guy who originally sued in the good faith lawsuit that got preempted by the sham lawsuit, Tim Blood, uh -huh. writing to Mike Fuhrer, articulating exactly what was going on. That was six years ago now. That was six years ago. So he was aware. I personally talked to Mike Fuhrer about it. I told yeah. him. What, what, was he, what did he say? He said, I'll look into it. He said, my client wants it. There's only so much I can do because my client wants it, meaning DWP. 
Uh, I told him he needed to take action against yeah. uh, Jim Clark and these others if it wasn't him. He said, I hear you, Jamie. Yeah. That was it. I mean, clearly, you know, he doesn't want to talk about it. You know, he's running for mayor. Um, and, you know, like you said, that deposition over 60 times, he basically said, I do not recall. All he said was he hired, you know, Clark and, and Peters to to run this, but and then that the conversation about this litigation just ended after that. So he just never talked about it after that. Like, I mean, you know, that's kind of odd. Um, but, you know, these are attorneys and they're slick and they know what they're doing. So they're not going to. Well, what strikes me is how stridently uh, opposed to even the special counsel's report and findings he has been. He is at all this every step of the way refused to admit any wrongdoing. He's refused to acknowledge the special counsel's findings which is the opposite of taking accountability or responsibility for overseeing attorneys. So by not saying, look, I'm sorry, we got it wrong, I didn't know, but I took care of these guys, I fired these guys, I did what I had to do, this is when I found out, when I found out this is the immediate action I took. Instead of doing any of that, he hired uh, someone to do a sham report that omitted key evidence. The Pansky report. Yeah, and that's the thing. He's... You know, he's acting like someone who's guilty because he's covering it up. If he had accepted responsibility, um, then I would think, you know, maybe the bar could get by with an interview with him and find out what he knew and when he knew it. And if he, if he took action when he found out, that would be okay. But I really think they got to put him under oath and ask these tough questions. And if his answer is, I don't recall, that's not good enough for, yeah. to, to keep your bar license yeah. because you need to recall yeah. if you're supervising attorneys. Yeah. I mean, say he didn't know. Let's just... That well, we know he say, knew when Tim Blood told him. Right. We know he knew when I had that conversation case with him. scenario, just say he didn't know. He I mean, didn't know the depths of the, the fraud. He just had an idea yeah. that people were saying this is, a, this is a sham. You're still, you know, the leader of the largest public law firm in the country, and it's just not good management skills not to, to, to lead this office and not know what's going on in one of probably the most high-profile case across his desk at the time. Yeah, and after we pointed it out to him, he would have had to launch some type of investigation. He'd have to know. But he continued to deny it. And then, of course, Paul Kiesel uh, said he knew everything. He knew it from the beginning. Uh, Paul Parody said he knew it from yeah. the beginning. So we have this contradictory testimony. Um, and I just think the state bar, uh, which is run actually by the chief justice of the Supreme Court, is the, who the state bar is ultimately responsible, they've got to form a special committee. They have to have a special investigator to do this because the normal channels don't work. This goes back to Tom Girardi, and you were uh, recently on uh, on an ABC News special. Oh, yeah. That was very weird and funny. Why? Um, I'd never been on TV before, but, um, you know, I wrote something in like 20 minutes about what it was like to hang out with this guy, and it... They, they read it, and they wanted to talk to me, so I thought that was pretty cool. What is it called? The Hustler and the Housewife, right? Yeah, Hulu. Yep, it's on Hulu, Hustler and so the Housewife. So let's talk about Tom Girardi for a second. Tom Girardi, <laughs> Tom Girardi was this mega trial lawyer, inflated ego, unbelievable ego, um, yeah. big-time trial lawyer, and his wife was um, on Beverly Hills Housewife, right? Yeah, yeah, his, yep. Um, even though I don't think Tom ever lived in Beverly Hills, or neither did she. But They lived in a mansion in Pasadena, that's right? That's the yeah. branding he yeah. wanted, you know. And his wife's name is again? Eric Jane. Yeah. Um, and, so. and the allegations are pretty strong that he stole from his clients to fund, to fund her lifestyle, to fund his rich lifestyle. And when I say we say stole, he took money out of the client accounts repeatedly. And people knew for about 10, 15 years that he was stealing from other attorneys who worked on his case. I, don't, I never mm -hmm. heard 
anything about him taking money out of the client's accounts, but he did this, and that's why he lost his license. Yeah. That's why he's in a lot of trouble right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did hear working at the Daily Journal a lot of talk about him not having money for a long time, and um, you know, then everything kind of finally broke. But I mean, yeah, a judge froze his, his assets. Um, you know, something like two million dollars. He's been found to have stolen from uh, jet crash victims that he represented, um, and. Yeah, I mean, his life's over, I guess. <laughs> well, one, one of the um, one of the things you say on the documentary is you're, you say he was so powerful that at one point you caught him, uh, like, waving his finger at a judge, like, somewhere, and to come to him, and the judge came to him. Was that, that, was, in, the, was that in the courtroom? Or was that, that was in incredible. The... That was in um, Beverly Hills. And, yeah, he just kind of catcalled this judge, and the judge just ran up to him like a little groupie. And the next thing I know, probably a few days later, I was having lunch with the judge. Um, you know, he, so that just kind of showed me how much power Girardi has. You know, um, but, but did, did Girardi direct the judge to talk to you for lunch, or was it totally unrelated issue? I mean, he, Girardi was basically like, "Here, talk to Justin. Talk to this guy. Yeah, hang out with him." Wow. You know. <laughs> but, so um, he got you access. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what Tom's he's about. He's the power broker, you know, um, but. Wow. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was interesting hanging out with him because he's like one of these unself-aware, highly scheduled professionals who you know is always on his cell phone and kind of always very braggadocious. Well, and well, we wrote we, we ran into Tom. Um, oh, you got any good and, Tom stories? Oh, we got oh Tom tried to put us out of business. What? It's in my book, Raising Hell. Um, Tom tried to put us out of business. He called a group of people together. Uh, one guy who was a donor to a Steve. Bing, who's now dead, mm -hmm. and uh, Fabian Nunez, mm -hmm. and brought us into this uh, hotel room in this, uh, Steve Bing's penthouse in the Four Seasons to complain that we were going too hard on Fabian over his real ties to Chevron and stuff, and basically told him to go fuck off. And after that, he basically tried to put us out of business for a lot of years and couldn't do it. Um, but I write about it in my book, and if okay. I write about the, I don't think I named names, I just did, but uh, I did, uh, Steve, okay. Steve Bing's dead. Tom Girardi is as good as dead, uh, and um, and Fabian Nunez uh, won't care. But uh, yeah, he he these wow. guys these guys you know uh, that's how they try to keep the peace. They try to rein everybody in. And if you tell them to go fuck off, you get yeah. on the wrong side. My uh, an attorney I know, Bob Simon, um, he posted a letter on Instagram from Girardi in like 2007, and he's like, Simon, if you ever drop your case, if you ever want to work in this town again. Ooh. <laughs> Signed Tom Girardi. It's just, it's just like man, you know. <laughs> putting it in writing blunt, is very, putting it in writing is so brazen. Just going for yeah. it, you know. But the reason we bring it up before we let yeah, we sure. go is that Tom Girardi. A lot of reports of complaints of Tom Girardi, the state bar, and the state bar did absolutely nothing, nothing. So, uh, how, how? I mean, that that's that's why this Fury issue is really significant. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a movement going on legal world, especially in Los Angeles, where with, the, you know, in a post-Girardi world, there's pressure on these these agencies like the State Bar to do something. You know, even absent a Girardi, they should be doing something, you know, at least, you know, opening investigations or, or looking into them. But we have, it's, it's been two years and we haven't, we haven't heard anything. 
And on the Girardi thing, he actually had an investigator in his pocket, right? Oh, a guy named Tom, Tom Layton. Tom Layton, yeah, you know that guy. I don't. I don't know him, but I've read about him. So he, t- tell he, us about what. I tell us about what he was. He was the guy who investigated was, complaints, but he only he was not a highly paid employee. Let's put it that way. Yeah, he was like an like worked like an intern. Like, what did he do? And he also like people thought he was Girardi's bodyguard because he was around him so much. And he, and he did a lot of connecting for Girardi while he was mm-hmm. paid for by the state bar. Yeah, yeah. And people thought that he was the fixer that kind of got rid of Tom Girardi's complaints. Yeah, yeah. Not good. Not a good look. <laughs> Not good. So, so, the, so basically, we're in a place where the DWP uh, scandal is a test to the state bar. And if the state bar doesn't get it right, it may, may need to be restructured. May, something big may need to happen in Sacramento. Yeah, I mean, I think there's, what, legislation proposed recently? Um, regarding that and so there's some movement you know time will tell we'll see if there's if this is going to have any teeth um time will tell i guess but well thank you for being on the beat justin thanks for all you've done to watch this and continue to report it like a an eagle you really at the daily journal and that even now you're you're the only one who consistently reports what happens at every turn so we're glad you're there. And if you if people want to find your debaser yeah. um, uh, uh, blog, how do they do that? It's uh it's on Substack. It's debaser.substack.com. Great. Well, I'll keep reading and we'll keep watching. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. For uh, for listeners who want to learn more about Justin, you can find him on the internet again at debaser.substack.com. Any upcoming projects we should know about, J- uh, Justin? Yeah, actually, we have um, an, a fun kind of two-part series coming up about um, sort of searching for Tom Girardi in Pasadena on the eve of his eviction from his mansion. So, is that that's a that's a podcast or a blog? It's going to be a, a a feature story. It's going to come in two parts, hopefully soon. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think you guys will enjoy it. That's great. Well, make sure you visit our website, consumerwatchdog.org, where you can read all about uh, all about the DWP scandal. Uh, subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or anywhere you get your podcasts online. Thanks for listening.